This is a Broad Pods production. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Now, Nellie, I'm sure I'm not alone when I admit that I've heard of QAnon, Mm. but I don't really know what it is. Yeah. I know that it's related to conspiracy theories. Sometimes I think that's where the anti-vax movement comes from as well in the whole pandemic scenario. But again, I've kind of guessed. Yes. Really. And in a way, put my head in the sand a little. Well, I think over the last couple of years, a lot of us have put our head in the sand because, you know, we were drowning in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so yes. You sort of hear these um, things like QAnon and think, oh, I don't know if I can engage with that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I know a lot more about it now. Well, most definitely, because I read this incredible book by the amazing Van Batam. It's called QAnon and Anon. Anon, Anon, Anon. I can't even say it's a, <laughs> It is a brilliant book and it's so well researched. It's all about internet conspiracy cults. And the author joins us now, Van Batam. And you're very real life right now because you're joining us from a car. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually recording the audio book of QAnon and on in Melbourne today. And, of course, I live in regional Australia. So we've made the uh, the journey up in the car. So live from the Mazda, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Are you sure or you are you, in fact, in a bunker under the White House? Because how would we know? <laughs> Let me tell you, it's definitely a Mazda, but you wouldn't know. I mean, most of the things that you'll encounter on the internet, particularly on social media, and specifically in the spaces where QAnon people hang out, uh, you wouldn't know what was real and what wasn't. I mean, we're dealing Mm. with a, a propaganda operation that is absolutely infinite at the moment. So, Van... My first question is, because someone asked me this the other day, I was raving about your book, um, and they've gone, what what is QAnon? And so I ask you, what is QAnon? Because I'm not even sure if that is an answerable question. Mm. Oh, I I can answer this question having written the book. So QAnon is what we call an internet conspiracy cult. And it has a guru, which is a, an internet prophet called Q, 
who started posting on a website called 4chan these sort of strange coded messages uh, claiming that they were a secret agent with all of these government secrets to spill at the end of 2017. And these posts appeared from this Q person and these adherents started to gather around these posts going, oh, look, there could be something to this. The, the posts play to really old myths about secret societies and an evil cabal of Satan worshipping child eaters who snatch children in the night and torture them and drain their blood. And these are really old sort of urban myths that have been hanging around Western society for two and a half thousand years. But people gravitate towards them, particularly when they're in distress. So you have a movement of these people who started following these cue posts and interpreting them and forming little communities to interpret these sort of clues that were that were left by this so-called secret agent and forming friendships and relationships and then mobilising on the streets around issues that they interpreted as being relevant to what Q was saying. So it, it has like a quasi-religious element, but it ultimately it's a conspiracy theory with a, a cult infrastructure around it. So Van, the, the central tenants, I mean, it sounds Brothers Grimm kind of, mm-hmm. you know, children getting snatched, blood being drink, drank, all that sort of stuff. But what are the what are the fundamental beliefs of QAnon? Do we say followers, worshippers, subscribers? Like, what do they well, think? Adherence, adherence, or, or acolytes. Uh, they fundamentally they believe that there is a, a secret society of elite pedophiles uh, that are drawn from. Uh, Hollywood and basically any kind of celebrity politicians. Uh, the Pope is apparently in on it. Hillary Clinton is basically the most evil person in the universe, according to QAnon people. And this secret society, and they legitimately believe this. This is what they believe. They believe that this secret society runs this massive international operation uh, through the auspices of various governments that snatches children in the middle of the night and imprisons them well, not necessarily during the middle of the night, probably during the day, to be fair, uh, and stashes them in tunnels underground where they ritually abuse these children and, and do unspeakable things to them to drain their blood. And the, the theory goes that the, the blood of tortured children contains a chemical called adrenochrome, which is a real chemical which exists in the human body, which is produced as like a byproduct of adrenaline. But in the QAnon mythos, this this blood product um, is drained from the bodies of children and then these elites consume it and it gives them special powers like enhanced virility and it keeps them young. So their argument is like, why do all these celebrities look so young? And it's like, can I introduce you to a concept called plastic surgery? And Botox. Slightly (laughs) easier to manage. But QAnon people believe that there are 300,000 children living in tunnels under the streets of Melbourne. So they're like dementors, basically. This idea that there are, you know, the celebrities are dementors, just like sucking the life out of children to prolong their beauty and youth. Yeah, well, in fact, harvesting the screams of children, as a New Zealand uh, newspaper worked out, is the plot of Monsters, Inc., and yes. this idea that oh, it is too. It people, is. Mm, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So that, but they believe this, and they believe in this whole infrastructure. They use the term the deep state, and the deep state mm. 
uh, the you know public servants and, and cops and military personnel mm. who obey the pedof- the pedophile cabal and that they're the ones who run all of these logistics. And I'm like, seriously, mm. whoever is managing to hide 300,000 children mm. under the streets of Melbourne, mm. this person really should be put in charge of the coronavirus response. Yes. I mean, their supply and <laughs> yeah, exactly transport right. management skills mm. are extraordinary. It's, it's yeah. really disturbing. Like, it is really, really disturbing that people believe this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're right, Van. I, I find it unfathomable that people believe it, and it is disturbing. But but so... I'm assuming Q is a person, right, or an organisation that sort of some kind of, I don't know, whoever it is is... that started it, but are they doing it to try and control the masses deliberately so they don't actually believe the story themselves, but they've just sort Mm. of set it up as a way of kind of manipulating, you know, vulnerable people? Well, we don't know who Q is, or Mm. Q presumably could be any number of people, Uh, but what Q represents is a capacity of the internet to create these communities that are fed constant streams of propaganda. So whoever Q is, I mean, I read all of the Q posts when I was researching the book, which I've got to say hours of my life, I will never get back. And they're pretty ridiculous. I mean, they're ridiculous. They're nonsensical. And my father was a great fan of uh, spy thrillers of the 70s and 80s. And whoever Q is, is a fan of the same uh, books. So there are all of these Robert Ludlum references and, you know, born identity and, and stuff like that. And if you're sort of, and Hunt for Red October, sort of Tom Clancy kind of stuff. If you're up on that particular genre from that particular period in time, the Q posts take on this hilarious sort of, ah, this man's a true fan kind of thing. Although we don't know, <laughs> you know, what gender Q is or whether it's committee or the rest of it. But it's this sort of crazy gobbledygook but people get really into it and Mm. these communities that have formed now are so credulous because they've sort of drunk their q kool-aid that there are a number of manipulators who know that they can get those people to do anything Mm. and because this is the thing if you genuinely believe there are three hundred thousand children being tortured under the streets of melbourne you know a city where if there's a new like taco truck, everybody knows about it. Mm, mm. Like if you can convince yourself to believe that, you can be convinced to believe anything. Anything. And this is why you get these communities of people who think, you know, 5G towers and Bill Gates are trying to put microchips in your brain with the vaccine and the rest of it. And if you're a bad faith political actor, there aren't very sophisticated buttons to press to sort of deploy those people in various directions. Mm. And this, of course, is what's been happening. This is what happened on the January 6th Mm. uh, riot in in the capital in the United States last year. There were lots of QAnon believers who were there. They were wearing all the paraphernalia. Mm. Van, I mean, so many questions, so many questions. But my first question is there are genuinely terrifying uh, conspiracies that are actually happening. You know, I was saying to Joe before, I watched the Snowden movie yesterday, you know, the Edward Snowden revelations, the things that are revealed by whistleblowers are genuinely disturbing, the things that the governments are doing. Why don't QAnon adherents care about those things? Well, because those things are difficult and complex and in many ways they're responsible for them. So you look at something like the in the United States, you had the Trump uh, administration and the separation of children at the borders. Like it was mm. an absolute human rights disaster. And we and the thing about, you know, I don't I don't really 
I don't really invest in the language of government conspiracy because generally the worst things that happen in the world happen in plain sight and they happen because in the United States people vote for them. Mm. So Trump was elected on a platform to essentially do whatever he wanted with a nice racist tinge and you had the situation at the border where children were taken from their parents. They're still reuniting those children and trying to find their families. Like, and that was done in plain sight. If you're a QAnon person, and part of the appeal of it, like going to the psychology of conspiracy theory belief in the book. Oh no, oh no. Someone's taken her internet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's back. <laughs> sorry, we oh, lost sorry. you for a second. <laughs> Well, the, the, the thing is, the, the world is complicated and the answers mm. are not black and white. And they're not simple. In democracies in particular, policy decisions are about trade-offs. Like if you, want to protect, if you want to protect a forest, that might mean putting a community of timber workers out of jobs. Like we constantly evaluate and reevaluate as democratic communities, you know, what's best for the majority, what we think uh, you know, is going to be the greatest net gain. I mean, they're difficult questions. Conspiracy theories just go, these guys are good, these guys are bad. If you mm. do this, you're a good person. If you do that, you're a bad person. So it's it's this really sort of polarised way of thinking where if you're one of these QAnon adherents on the internet sharing all the propaganda, you can essentially just claim that you're a good person, that you are a digital warrior and keyboard hero, whereas real life and real political uh, situations are infinitely more complex. A really good example is Tim Stewart, who became famous in Australia for being a QAnon adherent who's best friends with the Prime Minister Scott Morrison. You know, photos of them, they go to Sharks games together, you know, drink beer, we're at one another's weddings. And Scott Morrison came under enormous amounts of criticism going, why are you friends with this person who's part of an extremist movement? And that's a pretty legitimate political question. But the other question is, for that for that guy for tim stewart like if you're so interested in politics that you think there, there are children in tunnels and all these terrible things are happening like why wouldn't you use your influence on the prime minister to do something about it and it's because then you get into the realm of real politics and complicated decisions and it's much easier to just sit on the internet and say hillary clinton and i've read articles that say this like hillary clinton is an evil beast creature and witch who consumes the bodies of innocence like mm. there are people who believe that and it's simple for them like it doesn't involve trade-offs of going if i vote for donald trump what does that mean in terms of children in cages mm. what's my cl complicity there and that's that's one of the things that i tease out in the book and so, it's oh sorry just one thing van it's interesting i think because reality especially in terms of incompetence and politics and all the rest of it reality is either really boring or too complex and a conspiracy theory cuts through both of those doesn't it because it's fascinating and interesting and black and white oh absolutely one of the sociologists who i quote in the book says the problem with the truth it doesn't it's usually kind of boring and it doesn't play well on social media mm. and you can even see in the sort of anti-vax uh, anti-lockdown, anti-whatever protests in Australia. Like if you're following that, and there's a community community of us who do, we all sort of get together and uh, get into these, you know, research these groups and sort of follow them and we infiltrate their communities and keep an eye on what they're doing. Like there have been these massive fractures in 
their leadership structures and their groups and how they organise because they're, you know, the process of decision-making, wherever it is, is really difficult. It's really easy to just be on the internet. It's really difficult to sort of form groups and make tactical decisions and evaluate strategy. And so you see these sort of, these guys who get these positions of power and influence and are spokespeople for the group one day, who are, you know, purged and on the receiving end of all this criticism mm. another day. There was a guy in Melbourne who was sort of fashioning himself as, you know, the leader and spokesperson of those anti-lockdown movements. And the community has turned on him because he was arrested and he accepted his bail conditions. So you had, you know, this group mm. of people going, you should have fought the bail conditions, you should have been a renegade and the rest of it. Because, I mean... Real life is difficult and there's wow. a romance to these conspiracy theories <laughs> mm, as well yeah. that entrances people. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, Van, it would be easy to react in the way that I had initially reacted, which is this is just a bunch of people who for whatever reason, have attached themselves to complete madness and I can dismiss that. Cause and it's how not could actually... you believe it and yeah, it's yeah. funny? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It does seem mm. so fantastical that it's almost amusing and it's not going to affect my life. But actually the misinformation is harmful to everybody mm. IRL in real life, isn't it? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's just look at vaccination. I mean, a few decades ago, there would have been no question if a government had turned around to a population and gone, there's an invisible killer virus, it's coming for us, we have a, a few months to sort this out, everybody would have gotten vaccinated. There wouldn't have been a protest movement of people complaining about public health restrictions. But the the propaganda that's created in these communities and fostered and shared, it's politically very valuable. It's very valuable in the, in the United States, in particular, where you have such a fractured media and political environment that people agglomerate around these sort of tribal identifiers. So anti-vaccination is a really good example. I read a piece yesterday that was saying that the effect of this propaganda on and on you know active participants in the Republican Party means that whoever 
is the presidential nominee in the next uh, federal election in America, whoever the Republicans choose, will probably have to be an anti-vaxxer in order mm. to win enough votes wow. internally to hold that position. The idea that that you would put up as your nominee in the most powerful and heavily armed democracy on earth, somebody who didn't support vaccination is genuinely terrifying. And the consequences of that for public health, for anything, mm. Uh, mm. I mean, they're global. So, Van, I know that uh, people have lost loved ones to this con- mm. these conspiracy cults, um, you know, because it does, it obviously creates factions in families and friendship groups when you see someone go down this kind of rabbit hole and you give some really great and beautiful advice to people who might be in this situation with someone that they love. Well, it... The whole idea of the book, I mean, I'd been following this stuff for a while because I find it interesting. And as an activist, I had seen these sort of spaces opening up online with this apocalyptic language and this kind of nuttiness, really. And you're right that it it is sort of amusing. It's like, who would believe this stuff? Well, unfortunately, you know, around 12% of the population are quite vulnerable to these ideas. In Australia or America, Van? Or sort both. of across the West, there's like quite a community wow. of them. I mean, that's we can a lot of people. Mm. Of, yeah, and like I said, vulnerable to these ideas. Like the actual hardcore of people who believe this is smaller, but that's still a significant number of people. Mm. And I mean, the the problem with with what's been happening in families and communities, people gravitate towards conspiracy thinking when they're in distress, when they feel like they're not in control of their environment. And obviously the invisible killer virus has totally upended society. People have been vulnerable to that kind of distress and they've been trapped at home with their computers. One of the things I talk about in the book is that information literacy is not something that everybody has. There are people who believe everything they read on the internet because it looks like news and sophisticated propagandists know how to make things that aren't true look true and they become vulnerable to that as well. And of course I started uh, thinking about the book when I was writing articles because I had all these people on social media saying my brother, my cousin, my wife, my children, they have become involved in this thing and they're spouting this nonsense and I don't know what to do. So I did a lot of research around it and I interviewed psychologists and various other people who sort of to get an understanding of why this was happening. And one of the most important things I learned was that you can't you can't solve unreason with reason. Like if somebody has mm. decided that the, that Hillary Clinton is like an arch warlock who's controlling people's minds with children's blood, like you can't really say, but the facts are, like that's not <sighs> where that person is. And the way to get people out of this is actually a process of re-socialisation, to stop talking and to stop arguing and to stop going, but the facts, but the evidence, because that's not where they're at. This is a person who needs to reclaim some sense of you know, confidence in their environment. And the best way of doing that is to keep contact alive. I always say to people, because people ask me all the time, what do I do, what do I do? I say, go bowling. Like bowling is one of the best things you can do because it's very social, it's very fun. Uh, the, it means everything in the moment and means nothing in an hour. And it's also it doesn't really facilitate a conversation about lizard people or Hillary Clinton. Mm. Like you can't really slip that into conversation <laughs> bowling alley. Not much eye contact. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, looking over photos of the past, putting together scrapbooks, the kinds of things that re-establish bonds with people are actually how you help them find a way back. Because mm. one of the tragedies that happen is that people fall into these conspiracy cults, and they start, you know, they might start going to these demos, they might start participating in, for example, the incineration of old Parliament House 
you know, and being around those kind of radicalising political activities. Well, if everybody who is not like that in their circle, their friends, their colleagues, their family, are like, I'm just not having anything to do with Jane until she stops talking about lizard people, like I'm out, it means that the, the social connections Jane makes mm. are people who are in that space. She can't and they come back. Further mm. and further and further radicalised and harder to get back. Yeah, mm. so, it, it, I mean, that's a place of real compassion and understanding and kind of just, I suppose, forgiving your loved one of that particular flaw. I mean, I have friends who tolerate the fact that I'm a Collingwood supporter and that's not easy for them. So <laughs> I guess, you know, there's analogies. Where well, there are with a range of issues, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. But, but patience, acceptance and, and love. But it's, yeah. a, it's a social responsibility. If mm. we think that extremism and radicalisation around propaganda, that is dangerous. And apocalyptic language leads to apocalyptic behaviour. Behaviour, And it, yeah. like, like I said, somebody set Old Parliament House on fire. We are now mm. at a point where we have people desecrating war monuments. We have people who, like, or, you know, attacking union officers, setting mm. museums on fire. Like, these are actions that we typically associate with a very militant far-right neo-fascist movement mm. and of course this movement is saturated with neo-fascists because they can see recruits because if you can convince people mm. to believe that you know children are being snatched you can convince them to believe that this ethnic minority did it or this cabal mm. of people did it or and deploy against the traditional targets of the extremist far-right and it's like, you know, you want to say to people, if there are Nazis at your march, you probably shouldn't be at that, na- mm. that, mar- that march. That's and we not- can't, can't let this become normalised, which is yeah. why I think it's so important. I mean, the book is absolutely beautifully written. Can I say? Like, I just, it's just so wonderfully written and so clear and moving, actually, mm. in parts unexpectedly. But also we can't just turn a blind eye. This isn't just happening in America. And I must admit, I'll confess, that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, I thought, oh, there's a little bit of it here, yeah. but not much. And you read it, you go, we've all got to read this. Yeah, it is really amazing. And, and your research is incredible. I know that you uh, went undercover as well on in some of these, in these sort of websites. And it's just amazing, Van. Congratulations on the book. And, and yeah, do... Uh, do enlighten yourself. Don't put your head in the sand like yeah. I have been doing. QAnon and On is the book uh, by Van Badham, who is brilliant. And we love that you joined us from the master this yes. morning. <laughs> thank and thank you. you for your work. It thank must you. have thank been you really for hard. Thank you and yeah. the master on, yeah. on your show. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your kind words about the book. And there's quite a community of people who have responded to the book and are sharing stories about what's been going on in their families and you know certainly i recommend people come to my facebook page and they'll find a lot of people if you're having this issue with a loved one there's mm. a, a lot of people there who are going through the same thing thanks so much van thanks uh, man we'll talk to you again sometime on broad radio it's been awesome to have you we'll thank have you more. for having me and the car Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.